Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah Dowdy. And I'm Dablina Chakraborty. And Dablina and I are going to continue our annual tradition of recapping the year in historical and archaeological finds. Um, we've already covered a few in our most recent episode on this. Uh, I don't know, all sorts of things. Everything from terracotta warriors to a possible lost Da Vinci artwork. But we're going to be continuing on with the list today. I don't know, though. You should probably issue the warning again that we've got to issue before every one of these episodes. Which one? It's not always stuff that was dug up this year. It's not always stuff that's dug up. And sometimes just news about things that were dug up a while ago, or it's things that were unearthed maybe from your attic or from... Although we don't have any of those on this list. No, we don't have any of those. <laughs> we, we do have some, some interesting entries, though. But we should say, again, that it's not a comprehensive list. There are many things that we could not include. Of course, every year is full of discoveries, and we just included a few that we found the most interesting. And ones we think that you guys will like, too. We, we always sort of try to tailor a few of these to topics we know our listeners are particularly interested in. And I think the first entry on the list certainly fits that bill. It's about 
vampires, and we know that you guys like vampires a lot. Vampires in general are having a moment right now. They've been in the news a lot in 2012. Part of that is because of pop culture kind of stuff, but that's not our angle, of course. Um, they've also been in the news because several vampire burials have been discovered this year. Um, the first we're going to discuss was a June 2012 discovery of a vampire pirate a double header there <laughs> in Bulgaria. Yeah, the 700-year-old skeleton found in Sozopol near the Black Sea in Bulgaria is believed to be that of the pirate Krivich, which means crooked. The remains had been staked down with metal rods, which was a traditional form of pinning a suspected vampire after death and burial. So thanks in part to the vampire pop culture rage, and you all know which one I'm talking about, <laughs> the find became a tourist attraction almost immediately with visitors flocking to the Sozopol churchyard until the remains were finally removed to the Natural History Museum in Sofia. Around the same time, two more stake skeletons were discovered from a similar time frame, about 100 years earlier than the famous Vlad the Impaler, by the way. They're the latest additions to the roughly 100 vampire graves that have been found in the region. So we have to ask, what is the deal with staked skeletons and and believing in vampires in the first place? According to the Natural History Museum director, Bozdar Dimitrov, uh, who is quoted in the L.A. Times, if a community suspected that a deceased person might be terrorizing them in death, he said, quote, a group of brave men would reopen the graves and pierce the corpses with iron or wooden rods. Iron rod was used for the richer vampires. Uh, so just the, the logical explanation of that. The pinning was supposed to prevent the vampires from actually exiting their graves, from, from rising and, and terrorizing people. But uh, what I found so fascinating about this story is that uh, not too long after, there was a great Smithsonian article, and this doesn't really count in our Unearthed in 2012. It's an article. But it did have a lot of people talking, a lot of people sharing it with us, too. Uh, it was by Abigail Tucker. It was in the October issue. And it was about the Great New England Vampire Panic, where the bodies of suspected vampires were similarly desecrated after death. And Michael Bell, who studied the New England vampires for decades, has documented about 80 exhumations from the late 1700s to the 1800s, mostly in New England. And interestingly, these panics often happen during tuberculosis outbreaks. So one family member might get sick and die. Then as others sickened, the first to go was blamed as the vampire. Exhumation was the only way to stop the cycle, and there were various solutions for dealing with the corpse, flipping it upside down, binding the feet, even beheading it. In one Rhode Island case, the heart of a young woman who had died of tuberculosis and was suspected of being a vampire was burned, and the ashes of her heart were fed to her sick brother. Pretty disturbing. We had to mention that rash of New England vampire cases, though, and the, the panic, though, because I think what's most fascinating about this Bulgarian find is that it's just one of many international vampire graves, apparently. In fact, in November of this year, a skeleton that was originally found in England in 1959 was finally analyzed, and uh, researchers uncovered clear signs of another vampire burial. There were metal stakes through the heart and the ankles and the shoulders. So clearly this has been going on around the world for a very long time. Um, 
but is really getting in the news a lot these days, I think, partly because people are so fascinated by by vampires. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the next item on our list isn't quite as stylish, I guess, as, as vampire news is, maybe. It's it's more old news, but on March 15th, 44 B.C., Julius Caesar was stabbed to death. 
This we know, right? Obviously, that murder has been covered pretty well in literature. I would say so. As well as classical texts, which provide details not only on the date and the conspirators involved, but on the location as well, the Curia of Pompey. Our 2012 discovery, though, does relate to that site. Archaeologists have finally found physical evidence to back up the assertion uh, that Caesar was, in fact, murdered at the Curia of Pompey. They discovered a 10-foot-wide and six-and-a-half-foot-tall concrete structure at the Curia's base. And according to Discovery News, Antonio Monteroso of the Spanish National Research Council said of the find, quote, We always knew that Julius Caesar was killed in the Curia of Pompey on March 15th, 44 BC, because the classical texts pass on so. But so far, no material evidence of this fact, so often depicted in historical painting and cinema, has been discovered. So this is a pretty big deal. I mean, it's backing up something that was already known, but it is backing it up. And and interestingly, too, the discovery also supports another point made by classical texts, and that's that after Caesar's murder, the Curia was closed and turned into a memorial for him, and it's suspected that this concrete uh, structure that's been found is part of that memorial. In 2012, actually saw a lot of Rome-related discoveries, like a hoard of gold Crusades-era coins found in Israel, but we thought the recent analysis of an ancient Roman curse was worth including here also. So three years ago, a 3rd or 4th century tablet scroll was found in East Farley, England, in the remains of a building from the same era. And researchers at first tried to decipher its contents without unrolling the fragile artifact using neutron-computed tomography imaging according to Discovering News. And when that didn't work, they carefully unrolled it to view the writing with an electron microscope. From there, it was passed on to Roger Toman, a late Roman history expert, who deciphered the contents as a list of personal names, some in Latin, others Celtic. Some of the names were written upside down or backwards, indicating that the scroll was a curse meant to bring misfortune on those listed. And it still is unclear what this curse's purpose was. Um, there's actually some some of the lettering is yet to be to be read, to be deciphered. Um, but most curse tablets found in Great Britain, and there have been kind of a lot, about 200, include specific instructions or hopes for gods to rain down destruction on enemies, um, often as a reaction to a theft. So it's believed that this is a list of names of people who might have wanted to watch their back in the 3rd or 4th century. Uh, one example, not from, from this particular scroll, but one from Bath, for instance, where about half of the tablets have been found, incidentally, prays that the victim will become, quote, as liquid as water. So very colorful sort of curses, too, appropriately. Um, they wouldn't just be left out and about, though. One reason why they were scrolls was to protect the writing so it wouldn't just be available for anybody to read. Um, and then they would either be tucked somewhere in the ground, you know, by a well or a grave, um, springs maybe. That's why perhaps there have been so many found in Bath, um, or nailed to a temple wall. And, and the recent find fits into that later category since it was found at the ruins of, of what was believed to be a temple. The next entry on our list has to do with the Maya, for whom it has been a fairly big year. Bigger than vampires, maybe, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's the whole apocalypse thing, which, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I guess didn't happen. <laughs> guess we're good. Thankfully. 
But thanks to the doomsday calendar predictions, there's been a huge upswell in all things Maya history and culture. There was also this major archaeological find, for instance, something that draws a bit of attention away from that calendar obsession and highlights the cultural and artistic abilities of the Maya. Yeah, it certainly points out there's there's more to the Maya than the calendar. So if you're going to indulge that research interest, you might as well go even further with it. But it is, of course, the Temple of the Night Sun, one of the biggest archaeological discoveries of 2012, I'd say. Um, it was a once brilliant red structure covered in these incredibly detailed stucco masks that was just recently uncovered from the Guatemalan jungle where it had sort of been swallowed up by by greenery over the years. Stephen Houston, who's a Brown University archaeologist, announced the find in July and hopes that it's going to shed some more light on the El Zutz dynasty and the Maya civilization and structure as a whole. According to National Geographic News, the Maya weren't strongly centralized like the Inca or the Aztec. Instead, they were a collection of loosely aligned city-states. And El Zutz, while one of the smaller kingdoms, was clearly angling for a strong impression here. So Houston uncovered the site in 2010 following decades-old looters' tunnels. And at the same time, the Diablo Pyramid was explored, a, a structure topped by a tomb and a royal palace. The temple lies behind the pyramid and had been interred by the Maya, something that allowed for its remarkable preservation. Yeah, and, and we, we kind of hinted at the stucco masks and all of that. Uh, and, and that's really the main thing. I mean, in, in addition to being this blood-red color originally, which was would have meant that it just glowed in the rising sun and the in the setting sun but the masks represent a, a whole new angle for for Maya religious studies too and open a lot of possibilities there Houston believes that they represent the faces of the Maya sun god whose face would according to their beliefs change as he crossed the sky so it would start as a shark face in the morning um, because the sun was rising over the Caribbean. It, in the middle of the day, probably when it was like really hot and intense in the uh, area that's now Guatemala, it would turn to this blood-drinking mad creature. And then later in the day at dusk, it would turn to a jaguar's face because that was, of course, when the jaguars were just waking up and coming out to, to hunt after sleeping all day. Um, but these stucco representations of the sun god depict all these different figures of, of its phases it would go through during the day. It's also believed that the tomb atop the Diablo Pyramid was that of the first Elzat's king, who lived sometime between 350 and 400 AD. So there's still a lot to learn from this find, though. It was abandoned in the 5th century quite suddenly, but it's fairly unique among Maya ruins for its completeness. Usually they'd tear down a structure and build on top of it. Also, only 30% of the facade has been uncovered so far. So a lot to come here, probably. It, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, of the last episode we did on the Terracotta Warriors and, and how much there is still to learn there as well. According to David Friedel, though, who's a Maya archaeologist, he said, quote, the site will certainly advance our knowledge of early classic Maya religion and ritual practice. So um, a lot to be learned and... Um, Pretty, pretty neat. I, I, this is one I urge everybody to go check out pictures of it too. It's worth, worth taking a look at. But 
There has been another pretty cool Maya discovery in 2012, and it's one that had me thinking back to our episode on historical alcohol, because as we learned in that episode, a lot of discoveries can be made from the gunk and residue that's found at the bottom of old cups, old bowls, various ancient vessels. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, 
retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This year, Dmitry Zagorevsky of Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute and Jennifer Miller Newman, a doctoral candidate at the University of Albany, analyzed the residue found in a 1,300-year-old vessel from the Mirador Basin in what's today southern Mexico. And the vessel read the home of his or her tobacco, and sure enough, that's what they found inside, traces of nicotine. And they found this using gas chromatography and mass spectrometry and liquid chromatography mass spectrometry. This find is particularly notable for two reasons. One, it's the first physical evidence of the Mayans using tobacco. And two, the technological methods used promise even better analysis of such vessels in the future. And this is why it reminded me of the historical alcohol episode so much, because if you remember from that show, there's a whole host of problems when you're trying to determine what cups and other vessels actually contain, and not just because the contents are, are long dried up and gone, uh, many vessels were, of course, multi-purpose and contained the residues of all sorts of, of uh, items that they once contained. According to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, vessels can also be contaminated by bacteria. They can be damaged by water. You know, water can just wash everything away uh, when they're no longer in use. Or they can be contaminated after discovery. And, and sometimes they're even clean, too. And I remember, again, from that alcohol episode, the archaeologists were horrified by this when this could happen. But it, if you scrub out that gunk, it's washing away all the all the history of what this could have been used for. Um, this piece, though, the one that was analyzed, is actually a, an older find. It's been a long-term resident of the Library of Congress's collection, but fortunately hadn't had all its contents removed. The label on the vessel, too, Dublino, you mentioned that it's uh, the home of his or her tobacco. That's fairly unique as well. In the only other case of... Um, uh, researchers finding a labeled vessel like this actually containing what it was supposed to contain came 20 years ago with a cup of cacao. So I guess it would be tricky to cook in a Maya kitchen if everything was <laughs> labeled differently. One of the things that's really fascinating about the story, though, is the information about how the Mayans used tobacco. According to Lomiller Newman and Discovery News, they ruled out the possibility that the vessel was an ashtray since there were no chemical calling cards present for nicotine byproducts. But it was unlikely that the Maya would have been smoking the tobacco in the first place. It was in powdered form, likely mixed with lime and mixed in a drink, chewed or maybe used as snuff. It was strong enough to possibly be hallucinogenic and serve the handy double purpose of repelling serpents. So there you go. <laughs> I think that seems like a fitting way to conclude our our episode with this hallucinogenic uh Maya residue and serpent repellent. Yeah, something to muse upon, I guess, if you're getting your New Year celebration <laughs> ready. I don't know. What do you think, Sarah? Will, will your celebration be that exciting? I don't think it's going to be that exciting, but it's also a, a maybe a better image to have than the staked vampires and the Roman curses, too. I don't want to send people off into the New Year thinking of those sort of things. So, yeah, the cacao, maybe, you know, think about stuff like that. I think the interesting thing about all these discoveries, though, is just how they show 
how, I mean, and we've pointed this out before, how history is this living, breathing thing. It's always changing. Constantly changing. And um, the discovery of the temple especially reminded me of that because we're always talking about these lost sites that are discovered usually in the 19th century or the 20th century. Um, and it's hard to imagine, you know, people not realizing that King Tut's tomb was there or, mm-hmm. um, or all, all sorts of, of these sites that we've discussed that just seem like major international attractions now, UNESCO heritage sites. But it's cool to think that there are plenty of places like that still out there, that there can still be this beautiful, stunning temple that's just hidden in the overgrowth in the Guatemalan jungle. Waiting for somebody to stumble upon it. Pretty cool. Unfortunately, there are many dedicated researchers and archaeologists and historians out there who are working on all of this all the time. So we have lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah, fun. It's a lot of fun for us to do this every year. And if you have any more news items from 2012 or any other time that we missed that you'd like for us to cover for further, uh, maybe do an update to a previous topic that we've done before, you can write to us. We are at History Podcast at Discovery.com, or you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Missed in History. And we love receiving these kind of stories from you guys throughout the year. This is always the kind of thing that I like to repost on Facebook and retweet, and uh, we count on y'all to recommend these stories to us because as you mentioned it's there's so much happening it's impossible to keep up with it all so thank you guys happy new year have a great time celebrating and we'll see you in 2013 for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.